Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott joining you in Oilers Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. You partner the staff at Digitex. Wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Mark Spector joining us for the horses and horse racing Alberta. The horses remain in training. They continue receiving the utmost in care. Stay safe, and we'll see you at the races when it's safe to do so. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, now open for t- Takeout orders. Full details at jvedmonton.ca. Uh, of course, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. That's where we're going to go next. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. We will start with Khalid. Khalid says, Bob, Mark Spector mentioned who's got better backups. Backups. He says, Vegas has a great backup. Montreal has a better backup. Vancouver has a better backup. You know, it's interesting. A stat I don't think anybody saw. Right now, the Oilers are tied for fifth in the league in save percentage at 9-11. The Montreal Canadiens are 25th in the NHL save percentage at 8-97. Just simply has not come to fruition for them. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0, and the Oilers have a better save percentage than Vancouver. I'd have to look up uh, Vegas. Boomer has texted the show to say, the only season that Smitty had better stats than his season uh than this season was back in 2012 he was a 930 save percentage for Arizona in the regular season in the playoffs in 2012 smith got better he went 944 in 16 games let's hope he can repeat that Geez, I, I didn't realize he was 944. I know he was 917 a couple of years ago for the Flames. We'll bring Mark Spector in on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Speck, you're back at it with us? Yes, sir. Jason from Sangudo wanted to talk about bubbles and how challenging they are. And you know what he says? Yes. Marriage, the eternal bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well then yes he's a funny dude jason sometimes i can't read his stuff but that was uh uh quite humorous so 
Uh, there you have it. You can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Uh, uh, odds on Sam Reinhardt starting next year in an Oilers uniform. Is there, we talked a bit about Buffalo. Is there, do you remember the year the Blue Jays brought in all those guys off the Mets? And it didn't exactly, yeah. right? Who was the, the, the there was the all-star, was it Reyes? The, Reyes came in, yeah. Uh, an outfielder, a pitcher. I can't remember everybody, but yeah, yeah. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the point was when you bring guys from other losing organizations, it doesn't. I, I, I have time for Ristolainen. Uh, I mean the goalie, the Finnish goaltender they got there. I think is pretty good. Oh, He's the Swede, Olmark. Yeah, sorry, he's a sweet Allmark. They got another. Yeah, they got another guy that's got about seventy-four consonants in his name. He's going to be their goalie of the future, a Finnish guy. I don't. I don't know. What would you? Would you? Would you go down that path? Would you see if you can uh, pluck somebody out of Buffalo? What do you think? Well, there's a few things here, right? I mean, first of all, with a flat cap, Ken Holland's played his full trying to sign the guys he's got. You know, he's got to sign Darnell Nurse. What? Not this summer, but next summer. Yes, and that's going to be a. Uh, that's going to eat up some, you know, cap space here for sure. Uh, he's got some issues internally. So I guess what I'd say to you, Bob, is this dream of bringing in a $10 million Jack Eichel. First of all, I hope you're prepared to trade Darnell Nurse because that's what it would take. You know, so think that through. Or not. The Oilers aren't getting Jack Eichel, so let's just forget uh, it. Let's they, throw that in the garbage. Not, I'm with they, they, that but doesn't make can, sense. Can you pick the bones in, in uh, Buffalo a little bit? Sure you can. When you're a team, the Oilers aren't that team that's building for way down the road anymore. Could the Oilers give up some future uh, young player? For, let's say, Allmark. Maybe you say Allmark and Smith are going to be my tandem next year, and I think enough. I don't. I haven't scouted Allmark. What I've seen of him, I like. Yeah, I'd have to talk to goalie people a lot more. But if you think Allmark can be your goalie of the future, now you might bring him in to work with Smith for a year and then become your number one. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. Ristolainen's a, a much bigger number. You know, but uh, if you feel like you value Ristolainen, you, you're going to have to clear some cap space and you're going to have to give them a good young player to get them. But I don't mind that. You know, I'm not a Reinhardt fan. I, I don't think that Reinhardt scratches any itches that this, you know, there. I don't, not for me. Thank you. Not for me, but uh, you could pick the bones of Buffalo a little bit, Bob, but I don't think the Oilers are in a position to to hit the home run with Buffalo. All right. So, I mean, I'm I'm just sitting looking at the team here. Uh, Let's just operate under the context. McDavid, Drysaddle, and Ryan McLeod down the middle. Uh, All Oilers drafted and uh, developed players. Uh, And then you got... On the right side, Pulley RV Yamamoto drafted by Edmonton. You got Cassian and Archibald in their contract. That's up to seven. Uh, of course, you don't have to protect, uh, McLeod, which is good. Um, Nugent Hopkins, I think you and me would, on a personal level, I think we'd both like to see him get re-signed here because he's a good person. He's a good guy. The price has got to be right though, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. A very useful player. Touch it. You'd have to, you'd have to bring in two guys to do all the things he does here. Right. But Seven. you might get two guys for less than you have to pay Nugent Hopkins being one guy. So that's a fair consideration, Bob. Would you rather have Hyman or Nugent Hopkins? Which, and I think Toronto's going to find a way to get By the way, maybe Mike Babcock was just right on Hyman. Remember how much he loved Hyman for years? He loved Hyman, and he was right on Hyman. Um, I don't know. I, I, that's a fair question. I guess i got to know what I have to pay both of them. 
Right. I think Toronto gets. I think Toronto. I don't know how Toronto does it because they got a you know four D signed. They're in uh, trouble there. Right, and they've got uh, the, the four forwards for about forty million, but I think they find a way to get Hyman done. Time will have. But to here's tell my him. issue with here's my issue with that question. It's a very good question. Hyman's a better left winger than Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins is a more versatile forward because he can play center in a pinch. Right. So what, what what itch am I trying to scratch here? We asked Dave Tippett. I asked Dave Tippett this morning. So you've been he's been moving his you know playing dry saddle David on the same line and on the opposite lines, same line opposite lines, all year long here. And he said I'm doing it so that in the playoffs when I need to snap my fingers and make a change, our team's ready for it. Our team's used to both scenarios. So my question becomes. You know, Nugent Hopkins is key to being able to swap in and out of that scenario, having the two big boys on your top line or moving them around. Hyman doesn't help you as much in that regard, right? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it's help inter- you as much in that regard. I mean, Tatar's having a tough year. Rick, uh, you know, Rick Follett represents Nugent Hopkins. And <laughs> Tatar's, Tatar's looking for his jock strap after that move McDavid put on him last night. Spec, I can think of about... Uh, I can I can think of about two hundred wingers in the NHL that you would have walked on that play. Oh my God, what a move that was! Like they talk about his edge work and stuff, but he yeah. made that. Oh, Tatars! Like I say, he's still looking for his underwear. That was just uh, an uh, unbelievable play. The Oilers got the right. The Oilers got the right matchup in that sequence because the other line, the Evans line with uh, Lekkinen, uh and Paul Byron. They were good, and Edmonton, Edmonton was a little sleepy early, and the Oilers, you know, the Canadians were a little bit more desperate. That line kind of, I'm going to be a treat, like, we'll see what happens tonight with the Winnipeg. Like, if Winnipeg clinches third tonight, I, I think we'll have a very different-looking Montreal lineup tomorrow. Uh, Mark, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with you as we do this day in Oilers history for New West Travel earlier. We'll move um, our prospect report for our friends at Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry uh, into the uh, next uh, half-hour block when we have Kurt Hill, the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings, on. We'll get a couple scouting reports from him on Dylan Gunther and Sebastian Cosa. Do you know where you were on this date, 1988? Because I think I do know where you were. On this date, 1988. When did you start? Uh, uh, when did you start uh, working your way up with the journal? Well, I started the journal in May of 1987. So if the Oilers are playing a home playoff game, I would have been at it tonight. They they Uh, were. But if they were playing a road game, I wouldn't have been. So who are they playing at this point in 1988? Were they playing the Bruins already? No. On this date, do you recall who they played the Campbell Conference final that year? Was it Chicago? No, that's why I love have yeah your your attention for detail. It's it's the memory. <laughs> it's all I got, Spec. But on this date, Mark Messier had a goal. He added four assists. Edmonton won eight four over the visiting Detroit Red Wings in Game Five of the Campbell Conference Finals. Uh, Craig Simpson scored the first two goals in that game. Steve Eiserman, at that point in his fifth full season in the NHL, uh, <laughs> was was coming back uh, from an injury and, and, and only played like four games in the playoffs. He scored in that game. I, I'm, I don't know if that was – maybe somebody can text us. Was 87 or 88 the year of the Goose Looney's incident? That's what I was going to ask you. Was that the Goose Looney's game? Uh, where the players, they kind of knew the position they were in. And, you know, that was a time when Bob Probert was – I mean, Bob Probert was a pretty good player. Like, he, you know, 29 goals, 60 points, 300-plus uh, penalty minutes. Uh, I'm just going to type up Goose Looney's 
Edmonton, Detroit Red Wings, and see if I can find it on the fly here. It was either 86 or, eight, or sorry, 87 or 88 for some reason. Um, okay, here it is. Uh, remember Keith Gave out of Detroit? Oh, very well. He was the uh, last man I knew who wore aqua velva. Really? <laughs> you- Smell him coming in the press box. Smell good. <laughs> there was a time when Aqua Velva uh, smelled good. He was an Aqua Velva man. <laughs> uh, so I'll tell n- you while you're filling this in. In the old, in today's world, the minute that story broke, it's on Twitter. Everyone's got it in thirty seconds. In that it world, was, it, it, it was it was the night before this game. So okay. the night, so, so it was in, in eighty eight. One of the papers Keith Gave worked for, maybe the Detroit Free Press, and one of the pe- papers a, a cat named Joel Lapointe worked for, who would go to the New York Times, a fine writer, worked for, I think, the Detroit News. And one of them had it in the morning, had the story that yes. all the Peter Kleeman and the boys had all been at Goose Looney's and they got busted by the club and there was a bunch of trouble. And the other paper didn't have the story. But in those days, and this is just for the newspaper geeks out there, in those days you had to keep the secret until deadlines passed. So you basically had to keep the secret until 10, 11 at night. And during the day, it started to get out and it started to get out. And I think Gabe's side had it, LaPointe's side was looking for it and by the time that game got played, they couldn't keep the secret anymore. Everybody knew about it and everybody had the story and no one really got the scoop that today you would get, Bob, because you'd report it first. Mitch Album, by the way, uh, terrific. Mitch Album was in on that, yeah. Yeah, he, he was, was in on all that. Yeah, it was a pretty memorable story. So, Mark, that happened five years into uh, Steve Eisenman's career in 1988. Do you recall when he won his first cup? Oh, not for a while. Not for uh, a while. 1997. 97, okay. 97 at the age of 32. So he had his Steve Eiserman moment spec 13 years into his NHL career. And as you stated before we went to break, Mark, at uh, uh, 12, it was exactly at 12.57. You have to take everything that happened last year in the bubble with a grain of salt and throw it out the window. So uh, just because you uh, decided to share the Steve Eiserman moment, and uh, I probably had six separate texts and about ten uh, direct messages, you're just not going to let them get away. And the timing could not have worked better because it allowed us to tell us, for the record, Steve Eiserman was not one of the players out. Frankly, I'm from this. I don't got a problem with guys are out. Guys are guys are adult. Go make adult decisions. If you're out, you're out. We were in a different world back then. Today's player is way more dedicated. Uh, the teams fly immediately after games. Um, I, players are marked. They're they're aware of social media. You can't go anywhere today without having your picture taken. Uh, so guys yeah. are far more discreet. Uh, it is. I mean, as a guy who occasionally went to uh, the Goose Loonies back in the day, I I may have been there that night or I may not. I will not confirm nor deny. But I will tell you that I kind of chuckle whenever I think of the Red Wings because they did eighty seven and eighty eight under Jacques Demir. They played Edmonton. In round three, a lot of people thought they were on their way, and they got derailed. And Mark, yeah, they weren't t- close, right? And they were really good in ninety four, ninety five, the lockout shortened season, and got upset by New Jersey in the Stanley Cup final. And then in ninety five, ninety six, they had a pretty good season, real good season, and then lost to Colorado, and the Avs won the cup. People forget Mark. 
in 96-97 when Detroit won their first cup, by the way, by that point, the Red Wings, the Steve Eiserman moment, they'd added seven or eight other top-flight players. Like Shanahan came in and led the team in scoring. They had Lidstrom, maybe the best defenseman in the NHL at that stage. Konstantinov uh, was a pretty good defenseman. They added Larry Murphy. Remember, he got booed out of Toronto and was great for Detroit. They mm-hmm. won with they won the cup with average goaltending in 97 and 98. Um but in the 96-97 regular season, they came in second in their division. They, they their, record, mm-hmm. what, their record was not of a dominant team. Some people had actually thought their window had passed. And as it turned out, they'd go on and win four cups between 96-97 and 07-08. So there you have it on the Eiserman moment. Thir- well, 32. I mean, you got to listen. The term, the Eiserman moment, and I've used it. It's, a, it's, it's your term, Mark. It's your it's term. A, it is, but it doesn't just refer to one player. Let's talk about Sidney Crosby changing his game, right? Let's talk about Ronnie Francis changing his game. You know, let's talk about uh, every, every you know, the, the great players. God, I wish I had a list of guys who have played four or five years in the league and then realized, okay, it can't just be about points. I Listen, don't listen to me, Bob. Listen to Leon Dreisaitl when he walked into camp this year and said, me and Connor got to be way better defensively. Don't think he read my copy and said that, right? Leon Dreisaitl showed up at camp this year and said, Connor and I, we got to lead this team. We got to play better defensively. It's got to get better. Listen to Connor the other day. I never asked the question. It was Daniel Nugent Bowman. He said, look, it had to happen. Leon and I had to get better defensively. So forget what Speck wrote, even though I wrote it a year ago and was dead right. Talk to the two guys. Those two guys are telling you the tale. And you have, and right? you have conce- you, you, you you have conceded that they were about fourth or fifth down the food chain in terms of what went wrong. It's got for nothing it. to do with losing that Chicago series. It's got nothing to do with it. So it's got Mark, to what do I would say it was inevitable. Most ice time on this team playing the way the game needs to get played to win the playoffs. That's what had to happen. I don't care about Chicago. And there's still Mark. There's the, what what happens, Mark? If they what happens? So let's just assume they play Winnipeg. I'm a little nervous about that matchup, and I'll tell you why. Edmonton owned the Jets this year. They went 7-2. and two. The Jets have got a Vesna Trophy-caliber goaltender that can steal a series. What happens if Edmonton loses in 5-6 and six after this season? Do we chalk it up? Do you chalk it up to growing pains? You go off in the summer and you get better. You know, tell yeah. me how you lost. Why did you lose? You, you examine. I don't go for these conversations, and I've seen a few of them now on social media. If the owners only go one round, will the season be a disaster? No. It's not a disaster. They built a good, good team good. here. I'm going to hold you to. I'm going to hold you to that. Good. Well, I agree. It doesn't have we to agree. Be a, if they we get agree. swept in four, I'm going to ask a lot of hard questions. But I don't right. listen. If they lose a series, you're going to go. Okay, why'd you lose a series? If I think Bob, I'm going to predict this. If they lose a series to the Jets, we're going to start talking about their depth. We're going to start saying, well, it was Lowry's line that killed them, or it was Cop yeah. that killed them. It was the deep. So their depth isn't great. We all know that. You've got to get better, but the season's been a good season, and you can't erase that with one player. You know what? What's scary, Mark, is they start. We, we got a text when the team was three and six, and I could pull the text up. I don't have enough time to do it. I, I, a, a guy, an Oiler hater. I hope McDavid asks to be traded out of Edmonton. You guys suck. You, do, you know, and he just he, he was just three and six. This is a joke. This is embarrassment. The team has gone, Mark, 31, 12 and two since. Okay. You're a pretty good team when you're going 31, 12, and 2 over 45. They're a really good team, Bob. And, it's and, a good team. And that's, I guess, and I'm saying I think they're a good team. I'm here to tell you right now, 
they're going to be a better team next year. They're going to be even better yeah. next year. They're going to be fair. Like people are going to pick. Like you know who's going to win Coach of the Year this year? Because we vote for it. You know who I think is going to win? It's either going to be Ooh. Rod Brindamore or Dean Evison in Minnesota. But somebody should look at the one-loss records for Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota against the three California teams and and uh, Arizona, because it is. Un- people talk about the Canadian division. And that's why it's tough to tough to gauge. But I'm here to tell you right now, I fully expect the Oilers to be a better team next season than they are right now, just because they're going to have more. You know, obviously, you know, oh, no question. if McDavid or Leon gets hurt, we're having a different conversation. But they're they're going to be deeper, Mark. So there you have it. Uh, yeah. Goose, Goose, Goose. Now, were you a Barry Tees or Goose Looney's guy, or did you go to either? Uh, I went to both, but I was never a big club guy, Bob. I was yeah. a blues club guy. I was yeah. at the, I was at the sidetrack and the Edmonton Media Club. How about that? Sunday night at the sidetrack, spec back in the day. Commercial hotel. I'm throwing it out. The commercial hotel on a Saturday afternoon beat the hell out of Goose Looney seven days a week, my friend. Maybe. <laughs> hey, room at, Thursday night, room at the top. University of Alberta was a pretty Got good place. Baby. That was a good one. <laughs> spec, thanks for your time, my man. All right, Bobby. Take care, man. Yvette, that is Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. And a reminder at this time that the horses remain in training and they continue receiving the utmost in care. Stay safe and we will uh, see you at the races when it is safe to do so. We are going to do the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal that the Oilers score this season, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Jed Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. All right, uh, Dave Tippett. So the team monitoring some uh, bumps and bruises. I know yesterday Connor McDavid looked like he had a little bit of an issue with a finger during the course of that game. Dmitry Kulikov coming back uh, with a lower body challenge. Back in Edmonton are both Zach Cassian and Chris Russell. Elsewhere around the National Hockey League, here is Brendan Escott. Uh, John Carlson not available to the Capitals tonight. He's got a lower body issue and Flyers goaltender Carter Hart apparently back to full health after that MCL sprain. All right. Well, that's interesting on Carlson because other than Kale McCarr, the uh, if if Tyson Berry can get one more point in the next two games, he would tie for the D scoring uh, uh, race in the National Hockey League because Carlson was the other guy in the mix. Because Hedman is done. Uh, let's see who else is finished here. Uh, Hedman and Latang are finished for the season now. Carlson is finished, so uh, Fox at 47, Barry at 46 with two games left. Hedman and Latang finish at 45. Carlson now finishes at 44. McCarr's got two games left. He is at 43 points. Can you imagine if Tyson Barry led uh, the NHL in scoring for defense? You know, there was a, a loudmouth uh, schmuck on the show. Uh, for three or four years, it said, you know, if Tyson Berry came to Edmonton, he'd put up real good numbers and be an excellent signing. Interesting, interesting situation. Again, that's our injury report for Trent Brown, Jim Brown, and the gang at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, we're going to bring Kurt Hill on. He's the president and general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. His team had a terrific season this year, and we'll talk about some of his top prospects as well. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.